Hello. Hello, friends. Welcome back to episode 25. I don't know how that came up so fast. It does kind of feel like a milestone, and I feel like this interview is probably the perfect one to celebrate. If you saw the title or the name of this guest, then you are probably just as excited as I was to learn more about this guy. We have all seen his videos, his TikToks. You've probably cried too many of them like I have. He's become quite well known on the internet for his videos that, yeah, just like tug at the heartstrings. He's so positive. He's got such great messages. He has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for people in need using his platform and he's from right here in Windsor so this was really exciting I was so glad I got to catch him in between his uh, many endeavors honestly let's just get to him please help me welcome this week's guest the man you know as MD motivator Okay, so I feel like you're probably quite used to this, so... I'm pretty open book, though, so it's all good. I had a feeling you were. <laughs> we're going to start with a little bit about you, how you got into this, of course, and then, again, anything that you want to promote. So you are from Windsor. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. 29, oh. How old are you? 25. 25. Mm-hmm. What high school did you go to? I went to Essex, Essex High School. I went to Holy Names. Nice. Yes. I feel like I've talked to lots of people about you. Like, lots of people, of course, locally know who you are, but... I saw, I don't know who I was with the other day, but I said I'm potentially going to be interviewing Zach. And they were like, I saw him at the gym recently. It's so cool. This I'm like, Windsor, yes. right? Everyone yeah. knows everyone. Everybody it's, knows everybody. It's amazing. So you grew up, so you went to Holy Names. What area in Windsor is that? Uh, I'm from South Windsor, so like uh, near Antonino's Pizza. Yeah. You know where that is. Antonino's is really big around here. Shout out Antonino's. Shout out Antonino's. Shout out Joe. Did you grow up close with your family? Mm-hmm. Very, very close? Very close. I live with my parents and my brother. He's a year younger than me. Um, his name's Drake. But yeah, shout out Drake. We, shout out Drake. Shout out Drizzy. Um, <laughs> he lives in Germany now, though. So oh. he, he moved overseas after college to do what he does now. He does like website and UI design. Hmm. So he worked with like fashion companies in Milan and then, then he moved to Germany recently and he loves it there. But growing up, we were 51 weeks apart. Mm. Um, so when you're 51 weeks apart, obviously you have a lot in common. But then obviously, obviously you're not mature and you're competitive and you fight. Butt heads. Yeah, you butt heads. And yeah. Then, yeah. So like, yeah, grew up really close. But yeah, That's brotherly great. things. Brother, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have three older sisters and I have a step sibling who, well, I have too many siblings, but my stepsister is just a year younger than me. And um, yeah, there was definitely some, whether you want it to be or not, there's competition there. There's yeah. a little bit of rivalry that will always be there. And your parents you're close with? Yeah. yeah Even so now you're so close. Especially now. Yeah. Ever since like, yeah. That's great. Um, my dad, he does windows and doors here in Windsor. He owns a company called Advanced Home Services. Hey. And then my mom, she was a hairdresser for 20 years and then she went back to school to be a teacher. Hmm. So uh, she taught five, six. She just recently retired. So 
she's really happy. I think everything I get is from them, so I just yeah. feel very blessed to have them in my life. Yeah, that's good. So there obviously was a, a positive experience, a good childhood, that kind of... Yeah, no, nothing really, like, hiccupy. They never had any issues with family dynamics or anything growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really blessed growing up with them. That's great. Yeah. So moving on, you get older, life happens, you start to learn things, things get tough at some points, but mm-hmm. in high school, what, what were you like? Were you... Yes, I played sports. I was mm-hmm. good academically. I never really had to try hard. It just, everything worked. Everything was easy, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really until after high school and like I transitioned, I went to the University of Windsor. Mm-hmm. And my first year, I had all this freedom with no structure and yeah. the confidence that it'd be easy. And then I fall flat on my face and like flunk out of uh, university. It's humbling. It was very humbling. And yeah. my parents had no idea. So when I went to that uh. dinner table that night, like a year after, my mom's a teacher. My dad's this blue collar worker who gave everything for me and my brother. Yeah. And just tell them that it was, it was really hard and just like, I let down my parents, myself, my brother, my friend. Like I just felt like completely like the lowest I've ever felt. Sure. It was a transitionary period for me. So then I went when I finally did get to go back to university, I had it like what's it called? You have something on your your sleeve or your wear your heart on your sleeve? No, like it's <laughs> like I was like I had something to prove. And then so I went back to school. I've always wanted to help others. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do the sciences. I've always had a dream of actually living in Australia. That was my big mm. dream. And now I'm like, how can I do all those things plus like academically prove that I'm not a flunker, I'm not a dropout. Sure. I was like, medical school, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> so I went to school. I finished my degree in Windsor. Wow. HK is what I did. And then I did my master's in the States. Then I applied. For, I did the MCAT, fun test. And Jeez. Then, and then I applied to medical school. And then I got into medical school. And I started January 2020 at the University oh. of Sydney in Australia. Wow, so you got to Australia. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But you said it right, January 2020. Ooh, yeah, 2020, yeah. It's right? a tough time to start anything for anybody, but yeah. Start, do, finish, whatever it is, right? Yep. 2020 was difficult. So mm-hmm. when January 2020 started, I moved to Australia. Obviously, when you say 2020, you think of COVID. Mm-hmm. So two months in, COVID happened. Then like a few weeks later, I was in a six-year relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. We broke up. And at that time, like that was like half a decade plus of my 20s, time. right? Yeah. So that was like my identity, my happiness, my personal like, control. very formative, yeah. And then a week after that, I was playing basketball, and I tore my ACL, so I couldn't even walk. Oh, my gosh. Um, so working out was like my only outlet therapy. So being on the other side of the world, medical school being challenging, losing that person, and not being able to like release it like physically with like working on stuff, and then not being able to go out and make new friends. Plus, I was afraid to tell anyone back home how I felt. It was just like a culmination of a breaking point. Yeah. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like it was like a moment of, I guess, a reset, but almost like the silver lining was like a moment of clarity of realizing to where I was. make a I break, was. yeah. Yeah, to yeah. A pivot, right? Where are you actually at in life? Like what's mm-hmm. your purpose? What makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Shit that like I feel like I avoided so long because I was trying to prove my worth or mm-hmm. show a status or be someone for others or for myself, ego or whatever the reasons being. It's not internally the real me, yeah. authentic self. So yeah. that forced me in a, a pivot situation. Okay, so this is 2020. Yeah. You're over there, everything's happening. Were you stuck in Australia when, when COVID hit and stuff like that? Yeah, so I started medical school and I, you couldn't go home at any time because yeah. you weren't allowed to come back in the country or you weren't sure if you'd be allowed back in. If you don't get back in, med school's like, oh, sorry. What a panicky situation. So wow. you're just like, stuck there, right? Yeah. And I can't even like, shower by myself at this stage because I had knee surgery. So oh, like, my gosh. Asking my roommates to get me food and just like medical school's so hard as is. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, just a really hard time. I just remember like really questioning being here and like not mm. having anything to turn to or I don't know, just like 
I remember hysterically crying and like, mm-hmm. I go for like walks on like the street when I find like a walk again, just like releasing everything and crying and like yeah. people walking by, no one noticing me and feeling like air. Really? That was the moment when I felt like air that I was like, okay, I need to do something about this because I'm going in a hole. One, I've never been in a hole like this and really? I feel like I'm just getting further and further. I don't know if I'll be able to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have anyone to turn to, but first I was like, okay, I've never tried therapy. Let me try therapy. But obviously in COVID, therapy was online, right? Sure, it's a different experience. So yeah. Zoom, I was Zooming, I was Zooming therapy, but I would go into like my study library groups for like a test in the basement of a library. And then I'd leave for 30 minutes because that was my Zoom meeting. And then I'm talking and I'm crying. And then I'm like, okay, the Zoom's done. And then all I'm thinking about before I go back to my study group is like, don't let them see you cry. Like, don't show a tear. Your cheeks can't be red. Like mm. I was hiding that shit like to like the court. I was like, okay, I'm hiding this, but even that's wrong. Like, why am I, like, so, like... There's a lot of shame in... Yeah, and and I guarantee you, like, if I would have maybe shown a tear, because I studied with international students too, right? They were from overseas and maybe Canada states. Maybe they would have had the confidence to do the same. Mm -hmm. They probably were going through stuff too. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I just feel like it was almost selfish of me to, like, hide that vulnerability, right? Sure, sure. But I I would say that you have more than made up for it. But (laughs) I I get what you're saying. But at that time, it's so much easier to stay in that hole and then fake it and fake it good like i was super extroverted i was more extroverted than i am i remember that i remember feeling like i was crying feeling like air no one would see my tears and then i reached out i became friends with this guy's name's dr jake goodman okay Uh, he was finishing med school and he was applying for residency he wanted to be a psychiatric resident in miami and we became friends just through instagram Okay. And we started a company called the Mental Health Movement. And that was like a podcast. It was a clothing line. We gave away thousands of dollars to high schools and college students. But the coolest thing about the whole thing was like once a week on Sunday nights, we would do the Zoom from like 6 to 7 p.m. And people of age from like 16 to like 60 would just come on here. We'd chat. We'd laugh. You'd cook. You'd do whatever you're doing. we just talk. It was the weirdest group of people coming together and like just connecting in a time when everyone just craved connection in a totally digital space in a digital space yeah and i, and I fucking loved it like i felt so like this is so much fun and cool like, yeah. I, yeah, I could make minimum wage doing this if i could do that i'd be yeah. so happy yeah so i was like huh i really like this so i was like okay i want to make videos feeling that i'm feeling from this interaction of creating this group of connection sure so i started making videos blindfolded hugging strangers yes yes That's, okay i didn't have friends to go to i didn't have a girlfriend i didn't want to worry my parents so i was like who could I confide? I was like, if I go to like a social media platform, maybe there's someone else out there, one who feels the same, so this will make them feel better, or two, even better for me, is that felt the same, but like is maybe a few steps ahead that can give me advice or just make me feel heard. Sure. So I made the videos and they did really well and connected people and people reached out. I felt really good and I was like, okay, I'm gonna. This is a lot longer than this thought process. This is probably like a <laughs> six to eight month thought process. Sure. I'm gonna put medical school on hold. Mm-hmm and move back home to Windsor, Ontario and make TikTok videos in my parents' basement instead of becoming a doctor. <laughs> and that was sure. hard. That was sure. really hard because like I said at 18 or 19, I failed out of college. And like, yeah. I feel like at this stage, okay, it's 10 years later and your son's in the same position. Like yeah. it was like walking like a dog with like his tail between his legs, it right? It's like you have a lot of academic guilt, but it's, it even though you shouldn't. But I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so when I when I did that, the only silver lining of it all was they actually weren't like mad. They were like, it was a silver lining was it was COVID, right? They haven't seen their son in two years. Sure, yeah. And the fact that they're able to see him made them happy. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, they want to see me successful. And 
be able to live the life that they want me to live and provide. But at mm-hmm. the core, they wanted to see me happy and safe. Yeah. Happy. So did you ever tell your parents about, um, you know, what you call the pit? or the? Because mm. I know you said you didn't want to inconvenience them at the time, which I, I understand. My mom worries a lot. So I, I kind of like hid more from her the emotional stuff of yeah. it. And I know that hurt her. Um, but I told more of my dad because he's more practical or black and white. Okay. And I remember it, I didn't really tell him. It wasn't until like... Like, literally two months before I left Australia, just, like, and I remember, like, just feeling this relief. I was sitting on the back balcony of this apartment that I was staying, and I remember FaceTiming him, and I remember the exact what I was wearing. I remember just, <laughs> remember how good it felt to finally release it to someone that I cared and loved and trusted. Yeah, yeah. And that he was supportive. Yeah. I don't know. I felt so stupid that I, I waited so long. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, that's the biggest piece of advice is like when people ask like what do I do my biggest piece of advice is to just say something you don't need to say everything yeah but just say I'm having a bad day or I'm not good like sure. you'd be surprised at the momentum or the conversation that you'll be able to create to yeah. allow momentum for you to feel good the first time Again. I had somebody cancel on me because they said they were having a bad mental health day was mm. like yeah <laughs> that that absolutely makes sense to me you know absolutely. and it, it is the kind of stuff that I mean it could be something as simple as that if you respond well to it then of course people are going to trust you to I don't know at some point tell you more and a lot of this stuff I've said this so many times on this podcast but just in general this stuff breeds in the dark when you don't talk Mm -hmm. about it it only gets worse and it gets thicker and it gets harder to move and Mm -hmm. you're stuck in it and you don't want to get out of it at some point you get comfortable in it and it's awful but good for you for of course getting out of it but good for you for talking to your parents about it too because that is that can be some of the hardest stuff. I actually just had somebody on, I guess this will be two episodes ago now, who he actually works right downstairs at Funky Chow. His name is Jake. And he's big on suicide prevention and Mm. talking about what he went through. And he said that his parents truly had no idea until like his third suicide attempt. And that he had been starting since he was like 12 or something like that. And it's just, now of course he talks about it so openly and that's why he is on this mission. But I've I've said it too, like you don't know how low low can get until you've been that low. Do you know what I mean? You don't know how capable people are of it. And and, I mean, good for you. So your very first TikTok, the one where you were hugging strangers, the first one, then you were blindfolded. Did that Um, happen in Australia? Yeah, I I did a few of them in Australia and I I loved it. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of like, I would just stand out there for hours and just hug strangers. The video was like 30 seconds to a minute, but I hugged strangers for hours. It just felt like people just wanted to be hurt. If you watch those videos, I'm not giving any advice i'm asking questions and mm-hmm. listening there's nothing savant like or genius i'm just asking questions that people just want to be able to release yeah 99 um, percent of the time yeah people really and they don't know that they need to do it until they do it mm. and then all of a sudden it's, there's this ripple effect right and absolutely the positivity so the first one that i saw and i this must have been what two years ago now was in Windsor, it was in front of the mall. Okay. Or maybe it was last year. But I remember that was the first time I had heard and, and everybody saying, This is Windsor. This is this is <laughs> Devonshire. Isn't this crazy? And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is Windsor. And then since then, there's been so many viral videos, things that have shown up on Mix's feed, on my own feed, and I'm like, Yeah, that's Zach. <laughs> like, yeah, that's ours. Yeah, yeah that, he's ours. Yeah, we know. Yeah. So you've obviously done huge major things you hear the music on tiktok that audio that piano and then you're like oh i'm gonna cry (laughs) i know i'm gonna cry but your videos make everybody cry in a good way and obviously happy tears so i know that this is probably an impossible question but was there one video or one instance was there one that like really stands out as like a pivotal kind of yeah can i give you two yeah of course okay so the first one 
would have been in October 2021 when I came back to Windsor. Mm -hmm. This was the first time I ever did like a crowdfund. So when we do videos, sometimes we give away like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, but then we'll create a GoFundMe, raise people money. So this was the first time I ever seen in real life someone who had the least to give the most. I was standing there with a sign and said, if you could be with anyone right now, who would it be? And it was outside Pizza Pizza on Electric Street downtown, Windsor, 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Guy comes by, he blurts out. He's like, my ex. I said, what happened? He's like, she cheated on me. I'm like, so how are you now? He's like, I'm homeless. Hmm. I'm like, how come? He's like, well, she has two kids and I don't want them to be on the street like me. So I gave them the house. So Mm -hmm. that way they have to go through that. Mm-hmm. And he said these things so nonchalantly, right? Yeah, I'm just, like it's just like I'm like, why is this dude like home? Like it makes no sense. Like why would he? he she cheated, right? Yeah. So when I record videos, I have like a mic on me. Yeah. And then my videographer has like the other set, and he hears through his headphone like what I'm saying, like a walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Patrick, wasn't this guy like across the street like two minutes ago? Didn't he like? Because I can like see people across the street that are gonna come. Sure. Did he put like change into another like homeless man coffee cup? Sure. Like, wasn't that him? Sure, he gave. He's, yeah. he's like, yeah, that was him. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like ask him about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you said you're homeless. I'm like. Weren't you just across the street? Did you put, like, change into, like, another homeless man's cup? I thought you're homeless. He's like, I am. I'm like, so why'd you do it? He's like, well, it's my birthday in a few days, so I had a few extra bucks. I'm like, so how old do you turn? He's like, 32. I'm like, happy birthday. And I was just blown away at the idea of someone right there, those who have the least give the most, mm-hmm. and just gave and so shirt off his back, literally his house. <laughs> um, and then his last change nonchalantly before he even knew. So we created a GoFundMe to help pivot him out of that situation, thankfully. That was the first time I saw that. And then the second one, this is the coolest story. And this would have been in April, literally almost a year ago today, in mm. Harlem, New York. Mm. There's a guy in Harlem, New York, so he was 65, he was in a wheelchair. His name was Michael. And this video's got like probably 200 million views, mind you. Um, so he's sitting there and he's like, anybody help me out, help me out. Walking by, ignoring this 65-year-old man in a wheelchair, hysterically crying. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on, man? He's like... I'm going to be homeless tomorrow if I don't pay my rent. I'm $195 short. And he's just, like, crying and sharing this about being short. I was like, okay, like, I don't have any, like, money on me right now. If I can grab the bus, I'll come back and I'll, and I'll help you out. Like, do you have, like, a couple quarters? He's like, yeah. he's like, take whatever you need. Immediately, like, stop crying. He's like, how can I help this guy who needs less than me? But how can I help him? Yeah. He's like, take a change. You don't need quarters for the bus, but it's always good to have. Sure. So I, like, I, it's I, very I, trusting of him, too. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I was like, actually, I don't need the money. Someone was kind today. We're going to bless them. We'll give you $500. And, like, broke out into, like, really big tears. And, mm-hmm. like, I said, what's your message to the world? Just treat everybody equal and color means nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to post this video. I leave out of Harlem tomorrow. I was like, maybe we can raise him a couple thousand dollars because his subsidized rent's one ninety five a month, maybe a year's worth of rent. Sure. So I told Patrick, posted it that night in like forty minutes. We raised like ninety five hundred bucks. Wow. I'm like, oh my god, like this is gonna be crazy. Yeah. So I put up a story on my Instagram. I'm like, I'm not from Harlem. Harlem's like, it's it's pretty scary. It can I'm be, like, yeah. it can be if you're by yourself. Anyone from 127th Street from Harlem, New York, if you're free tomorrow, nine a.m. outside this post office, somebody who owns a bank. Somebody who owns a grocery store, somebody who uh, best friend owns one of the Times Square billboards. All these people from like the same area he's from that had different roles show up at 9 a.m. <laughs> and we come, we surprise them with giant face and quote on the Times Square billboard. And at that stage, we raised 50 grand. Oh my god! Within a day, but in total, we raised a hundred thousand in a week. <laughs> but so we tell him turn around. He looks. It's emotion. Was like, go Mike, go Mike, and like. It was a really high energy scene yeah. and like happy. And then the video stopped. And this is the part that's not on social media. The best part. The video stopped. 
he like tapped my elbow he's like zach i just want to like thank you for like what you've done for me like this is life-changing it's so great but i haven't had a friend in seven years and i have nine people i can call a friend thank you and because of that video he now lives with his son in new jersey that he hasn't seen in three years he met his grandchildren that he's never met before in his life all because of a small act of giving a quarter yeah and it was the idea that reminded me of like we can raise all this money but at the core, it's about the connection. Mm-hmm. And that is what the most beautiful... So it reminded me, I was like, okay, I thought I was like, oh, we raised all this money, those mm-hmm. things, but it was really about immersing him back into his own life yeah. through a quarter. So it's crazy. incredible. Over $100,000. And yeah, that's... So obviously, you're out here changing people's lives. And I know that that's like, oh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I know you have your purpose, which sounds like it is to connect people and to give people a platform maybe when they don't have one. So it's got to be a lot though, a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, energy, a lot of your worth gets tied into this stuff. And, and I know that you've had some incredible opportunities too, but this has got to weigh on you to have Mm. such a public platform. And for people, I mean, the fact that, you know, people, I I mentioned your name and people are like, oh my God, I saw him at the gym. Like, do you know what I mean? It's got to be a lot. So how do you manage now? How do you ensure that you're not in that pit again or mm. if you did did happen to end up in that pit again mm. how would you be able to pull yourself out of it because that's a great question yeah men's mental health you know it's 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 a topic and i think there's... it's like a toolbox right like everyone's toolbox is different yeah so through that like hole or pit whatever you want to call it i like trialed and aired a lot of things mm-hmm. and found things that work for me thankfully like one covid's not existing that kind of like is like a huge factor on everyone right with the, sure. the isolation um not even the disease itself um, to being able to like move again, so working <laughs> yeah. out. The second week after creating videos, I was holding a poster sign outside St. Clair College. That's how I met my girlfriend. I've been with that for a year. It's like mm-hmm. through my actual action of creating videos. So that was crazy. Um, so having the right support system from there. Patrick, the guy I record videos with every day. If anything's too heavy, we always just talk things through, never let things build. That's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And. I guess another piece that really helped me is I do like a micro goals. So like say if I'm feeling something like it's, uh, what time is it right now? 2.57, I feel like crap. I'll go to my alarm and I'll set an alarm for 3.27. So for the next 30, cause I don't know when I'm gonna feel bad, but when I feel bad, sometimes it carries too long. I'll, for the next 30 minutes, I'll let myself feel, listen to a song, I'll stay sad, I'll stay mopey, but when 3.27 comes, I will make a vitamin C drink, I'll call sure. my mom, I'll go for a walk, Get I'll do, make a sandwich, just one thing sure. to allow myself to shift out of that. I didn't let it suppress, and I also didn't let it carry over. And you gave it a time limit. And I gave it a time limit, and that's something that's really helped me a lot. That's interesting. I've actually never heard of that, but... I mean, I always say, like, just feel what you need to feel. But to give yourself that kind of limit, I mean, I could also see how that people would struggle with that, of course. But that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Yeah. My psychiatrist in Australia recommended that. And that was one of the things that really stuck with me that worked for me. may not work for you or the person listening to this right now. But my biggest piece of advice is just try and then find what works. But don't be afraid of it not working and just finding a barber, finding a car, finding anything. A therapist, anything. Yes, yeah, it takes trial and error. So I agree with you. Do you meditate at all? Is that Uh, at all? That should have been on my list, but no, I don't. I need to, I'm trying to like get into that space, but uh, something I struggle with. Everybody is, uh, everybody's got their own ideas of it. And um, it's something that I've within the past, probably two years gotten into and I can feel when I'm slacking, I guess. Mm. It's interesting because when you talk to people who aren't on this journey of self-betterment or they're not, um, they're kind of stuck in their ways or whatnot, they make 
meditation sound like a pyramid scheme mm. <laughs> and it's like it's really about enlightenment it's mm-hmm. and it's very interesting so I try not to like push it on people but I always just ask if people I, I seem to find that a lot of the people that I really connect with we yep. end up I'm like oh you meditate so do I what are the odds of that well it's probably actually very aligned like yep. it, it makes a lot Same of sense yeah even my tattoo artist once we were like seven hours into something and then all of a sudden he started doing this breathing and I was like oh my god <laughs> I know what you're doing. I I got to do that. There's a needle in me and I'm going insane. So it's very interesting just the way, I don't, I don't know, meditation does have a, a big part in my life. But, you know, it's If you it's had to give one piece of advice for someone who wants to start meditating, what would it be? Oof, expect to get stuck in your head and stuck on your thoughts, essentially. It's going to be very weird. But it honestly, I am somebody where if I'm not good at it the first time, I don't want to do it. Mm. However, <laughs> it takes practice. And it's very interesting how you can be so inside and outside of your head at the same time. What kept you consistent with it when it wasn't working at first? Apps, apps. I use Calm. the Headspace app. Headspace. Yeah, okay. Headspace is a big friend of mine. Um, mentally, they don't okay. know it. But <laughs> their they're here, guides, they're Yeah, they're my best friends. Okay. They just don't know it. One day we'll be friends. Andy and I will meet. Um, Andy's last name? Uh, he says it, I just can't remember. That's okay. Andy from Headspace. Andy from Headspace. He's the creator of it. He's, oh, amazing. He's lovely. I've definitely heard Headspace. I've never downloaded a meditation app on my phone. Maybe that's what I need to like. Maybe. I, I've done the YouTube ones. Sure, sure. But those are a little free, and I find that the, the Headspace ones are a little more structured. And there's that. so many different subjects. They have stuff on like social justice. They have meditation for like kids who are starting school for the first mm. time and they're nervous. It's so in-depth if you want it to be. there's. Um, I started to run better because I started to use it. I used to run so competitively in my head. I, was a, I ran track for a long time. So when I would want to go for jogs, I would think of it as like, okay, you have to hit this, you have to do this, you're supposed to be exhausted. Yep. And then the Headspace app and their whole program kind of taught me that you, you don't want to hate it by the end of it. You actually you fall into this state that is very meditative. Yep. And now it's like when I plan to go for a run, it's for my mind. It's not for my body, which is Amazing. it's very interesting. That's what I'm going to do after this, actually. I'm probably going to go. go for a it's run. It's gorgeous weather today. It's so beautiful. Okay, so um, going back to you, I'm sure you've heard of what some people call performative activism. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you've had your critics because, Absolutely. again, you have a very large following and yeah. a lot of people are dedicated to misunderstanding. I personally, I, not that I've taken issue with it, you can kind of feel when certain people's actions have an intention. However, I feel like yours are very different and I can't exactly explain why. And I'm sure you probably can, but it just comes from a different place. I appreciate that. So I guess when it comes to this term performative activism, how have you had to kind of Mm. combat that, I guess, or that whole idea? I mean, I never tried to combat it. I just kept doing what I felt was right. Yeah. Um, I used to really care when it first took off in September what every comment meant so the good ones made me feel really good mm-hmm. and the bad ones obviously made me feel a million times worse right yeah. um and you hyper focus on the bad so i started to feel like in real life if i was doing more good than bad in that moment like if i left someone in a better state than when i found it then it's all good and as long as i felt good about it then it felt good so it's like, worth it it's worth it yeah so i i've kept that formula or that thought process mm-hmm. throughout because it's changed a lot the content or it's evolved if you would say but yeah, I've, I've I've kept it like that. I don't really read too much into the comments, but mm-hmm. I've I've never understood, I guess, that aspect. If I was a girl twerking or a guy pranking <laughs> or any of that stuff, no one blinks an eye at that. No one says you're doing it for the likes, the views, the comments. Sure, then. Sure. But when it's a good thing. So when I started, I was like, I want to make social media different. I want to change the way social media is done. Yeah. And then I've seen a lot of creators come up after me that have essentially just like replicated what I do. 
mm-hmm. which whether it's authentic or not is beautiful because then it has a ripple effect, right? Good and, for you uh, having that mentality. I do not always. And like, <laughs> I try. And a specific story that is probably my third story. I had three stories. The third one was we did a video in the summer. We brought everybody from Glengarry, like 100 of the kids, to mm-hmm. like Adventure Bay mm-hmm. for free. And then when we were there, this dad came up to me, and he had three daughters. They were 10, 8, and 6. And they're like, oh, my God, we watch your videos every day. Can we, like, take a photo? I'm like, sure, sure, sure. So we took a photo. And, like, before I walked away, this little girl, she was six, she gave me, like, an elbow tap. She's like, before you go, I just want to let you know, like, my dad shows us your videos every night. She said this in, like, six-year-old language, mm-hmm. not all tiny saying. little voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, we watch your videos every night before bed. And last week we were watching one of your videos. And the next day we went to the grocery store. I saw there was a guy that looked like he was homeless or he needed food. He was looked hungry. And she said, I went home that night. And then I cracked open my piggy bank because mm-hmm. I told my dad I want to do what the guy in the videos does. Mm-hmm. So she went back the next day with that change. He was there again, and she paid for his food or groceries, wherever she got him. At six. At six. Yeah. So the ripple effect, as you said, of the uncertainty that these views create hopefully outweighs the bad that people have a perception of me in the moment from the video. And a lot of that is people's own projection. It's, yeah. it's not really about you a lot of the time. And then one more thing I want to yeah. say about that too. I don't ever just like give 10 bucks or 20 bucks. Like if there's ever a gap in a story, we always crowdfund beyond the $500,000 to help an individual. So in the last two months, we've raised $750,000 for families and individuals through the GoFundMes. So mm-hmm. the internet and the views helps perpetuate or whatever you want to say or sure. exponentially increase the change in people's lives and yeah. get them jobs and get them homes and get them cars and beyond the 500,000. Yeah, it's life-changing cr- stuff. Yeah. yeah, it is. And, and as small as it can feel in a way, like it, it, it's life-changing. So with the ripple effect and with yeah. being a positive person with self-betterment, which is, again, a new journey for me, but it's, it's something I'm talking about. Um, do you know Bianca Stefina? Yeah, yeah. Yes, so she, she was on the podcast like three episodes ago. I, I think I saw her story. She shared it. And that's why I reached out to you because oh. of Bianca. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, she is yeah. lovely. She's truly. amazing. Yeah, she's she's one of those people where I'm like, I feel like I only got to meet you because I'm we connected in a very she's real incredible. way. So her and I talked about um, something about, you know, this ripple effect and how you do this good thing. And, um, you know, you talk about your experiences and you be vulnerable and stuff and how that, that can bring people to you. But on that same note, it can bring not great people to you too. Mm. People who aren't wanting to be a better person, people who maybe want to maximize off of what you're doing or something yeah, like that. So sure. how how do you combat that? Give me an example of what you mean by that. Like I I'm single. And so I you're find I'm single, yes. Okay. And I find that a lot of men, they seem to want to do it because they think that I can help fix them in a way. Mm. They know that I'm a generous person. I get what you're saying. So that, that's just an, a, a personal example. But that kind of thing, I find that maybe my positivity and my, um, I guess I just have like a warm energy and that's uh-huh. great. But it attracts some people that don't have good intentions and actually see that as like a commodity. Mm-hmm. And I think that, especially with social media, it's, it can it can become very commodified. So I understand what you're saying. Yes. That's probably the hardest thing about where I'm at currently with social media is that, that aspect right there. Especially yeah. with the image that it portrays and that I am is that help anyone and everyone and fix everything, but I can't, one mm-hmm. person, right? And I'm mm-hmm. pouring from a f- full cup, hopefully, or at least half full. I can't be empty cup again. Can't do anything for anyone then. Yeah. Um, so I'm fortunate enough that I have a team that help. I get like 100 to like 400 emails a day right now mm-hmm. and no response, because a lot of it probably is like 80% is like personal requests. So they'll say, unfortunately, Zachary can't help you with this, but like these are these resources for this. So you'll get a response, mm-hmm. but unfortunately it's not like uh, solving a problem. I, I can't and it's yeah. hard but like 
can't I feel blessed to be able to have people reach out and think that but yeah I don't know like there's no answer I have I know I know and I think that maybe the authenticity is really what can do this because if you start giving to everybody if everybody is perfect then nobody's perfect do do you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a tricky it's a slippery slope and again now you have built this image as somebody who is very willing to help because Mm -hmm. you have done all of this and you've shared so much of you just being absolutely vulnerable and absolutely giving that if you were to stray outside of that people would you know it's like you know how everybody's obsessed with Pedro Pascal right now yeah huge thing I'm one of them and I'll admit it but now we see this turn where everybody's now looking for him to do something wrong yep. and for him to like stray outside of this like quirky cute daddy you mm-hmm. know what I mean so I mean that's just kind of media and it's even something that with radio I've been in radio for on air at least for three years now and with the podcast reaching who it now reaches I do have to accept and be sure enough in myself that not everything I say is going to be agreed with wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. and that there are going to be people who don't like me. But at the end of the day, I always think that if that one thing I said in the morning is what made your entire view of me, I don't really think that has to do with me. Absolutely. At the end of the day. So I'm sure sure you kind of understand that. Oh yeah, polarizing opinions from little uh, fragments or bits of what you say or how you come across. And that's your whole identity now to them. But again, that doesn't really have to do with you. So I'm I'm curious generally, genuinely and generally, TikTok. TikTok being a career. Yeah, sure. That's that's an interesting concept. It's new. And I feel like you're kind of on the forefront of that. Absolutely. You're a TikTok pioneer. Oh yeah. Shout out TikTok. (laughs) Shout out TikTok. So what's it like? What's it like doing TikTok? Um, I don't consider myself a TikTok. I just think I make videos spreading kindness. Like, sure. So I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really watch content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I Interesting. Don't even, I don't even edit my videos anymore. Like, I have a, yeah. a guy who helps edit them. Yeah. Like, the guy who records. So I just do the kind things and continue on with my day. And, like, obviously there's a lot more that goes on with that. Yeah. Logistically, with, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, logistically and flying and, and traveling and getting the right budgets and the right things involved and uh, yeah. creating support systems for the GoFundMe's that we create in the location that we find people, yeah. the aftermath of the situations. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, you know what? There might not be an answer to that because it's so new, too. Like it's, yeah. And I feel like the people who um, really have, you know, made TikToker their identity or Mm -hmm. their career and like that's them at the forefront there's always this idea that maybe they're not who they actually are Mm -hmm. and um i mean i've even had this i had this conversation with a friend the other day she asked me like at what point does the radio show stop and you start Mm. or something like that it was something along those lines and i said i I don't realize how much the radio show is me not i am the radio show do you know what i mean like I, i love that my career is be you, but be you so much bigger and yep. so much harder and so much louder. Yep. I think that's perfect. It's formed me in the past three years into somebody who I actually really love. Absolutely. Somebody who actually has space to, I don't know, figure out who they are and not be what somebody else needs me to be because I've yep. done that. And it, it is what it is. But again, very young. Yeah. Life changes. Yeah. Internet like, landscape changes. <laughs> and I, I'll speak on this a little, but I don't want to speak too much on it. So like I did this interview with Fox Houston because we raised 51000 for this uh, individual we did a final four video last week for her and her mom. They live in a trailer park, and we were able to renovate their trailer park mm-hmm. and get their, her younger sister the medical assistance that she needed mm. through this video. Crazy. And one of the questions she's like, this is like almost off the record, she's just like, so like you do this like full time? I'm like, yeah. She's like, wow, that's so cool. You get to like help others and like make mm-hmm. a living off them. Like, isn't like that like the whole purpose? Mm-hmm. Is like any job you're in is to help and serve others, and hopefully that allows you to like live a lifestyle, right? It blew me away. And, and she's like, 
yeah, you're right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us are in jobs or roles, whether it's forced on us or pressured from a young, whatever the circumstance sure, you're in, sure. you're not doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And like when I came back home to Windsor in September, that was the first time in 28 years where I actually finally didn't care what people thought about me. Yeah. And once that liberation or that freeing experience happened, life became so easy. Yeah. The last 18 months, I worked really hard, don't get me wrong. Sure. But everything and everyone has gravitated along this like this self-aware, this journey. Alignment. Alignment to the max. And yeah. I'm like, only if I didn't care earlier. But like, oh, so like my dad always says, or Brene Brown is one, I think. I we, love Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I love She's Brene amazing. Brown. Your, your yes. mess is your message. Yes. And so like, if you don't have this mess, then what do you really show? So like anyone that ever comes to me with like these stories of like what they're going through, I'm like, one day this will be like what you're able to use to like change the lives of if others or, or relate or be yeah. vulnerable or empower. Yep. 100%. So I just feel very blessed to be, more importantly, not to gone through what I've gone through, to have my parents support when I was going through what I was going through that sure. allowed me to now do this because sure. without that, I wouldn't. But having that support is what allows you to give other support too. And Amen. Yeah, I, I feel that. So um, places, seems like you're everywhere all of the time. Where yeah. is like the, the coolest place Bali. that this has taken you? Bali. Yeah. Yeah. I was visiting my brother this summer and then Jason Derulo emailed me saying, you want to come to Bali? I never, yeah. never talked to Jason Trill in my life. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went to Bali, and that was the coolest experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's got to be just, like, absolutely surreal. What's he like? Is he cool? He's really cool. Yeah. Well, we He's play awesome. his music all the time, and I'm Shout like. Shout out to Rilla. Yeah. yeah. We've done, like, four videos with him. We've done a car away. Right. Done so much stuff with him. He's He's awesome, and he's such a hard worker. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he seems like it, but that that's fantastic. And, and like, you interacted with him very one-on-one, too. Like, it's, yeah. it's just so fascinating. Yeah, it's really <laughs> so cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I know we, we've mentioned alignment a lot and, you know, self-betterment and the pit and all this kind of stuff. But are you a spiritual person at all? Mm-mm. No? I wouldn't say I'm spiritual. Like I said, I went to Holy Land, a Catholic background. But, like, I'm kind of, like, trying to discover my spiritualness or my faith. Maybe it's one more thing I want to share before I go. I did a video. <laughs> it's, it's okay. This happens every time where it's, like, too good to be true moments. Mm-hmm. So I did. we did a video in Miami about two months ago. Mm-hmm. We had a 84 two-foot yacht that we could give a free yacht ride to all night at full expenses paid. So, so I'm like, okay, this is going to be easy. I'll go at a 10 a.m., I'll find a family or a couple or someone and give them the crazy experience. Mm-hmm. From 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., 4 p.m. is when the boat takes off. I asked like hundreds of people. Everybody thinks it's too good to be true. Nobody's got time. I got to shut down probably like 200 times. <laughs> I go, I'm down by the marina outside Port B, exactly where the boat is at 3.58 and like it's so hot. It's like 20 degrees hotter than this. I've been going mm-hmm. on for six hours talking to strangers, dehydrated. <laughs> I see this guy sitting next to a boat. I'm like, is this your boat? He's like, I'm trying to manifest this right now. Mm. And I'm like, what are the odds that he's saying this? Like he's trying to manifest this yacht. Mm-hmm. Long story short, you would never know when you look at him or how he, how he speaks. He was homeless. And so through that video, which was great, we, we got him on the, the yacht, two minutes to go, right before the yacht was supposed to take off. And I posted the video on TikTok. And I've never once had a community guidelines violation. Mm. But there was like a smoke behind his head. He wasn't smoking or anything, but smoke behind his head when I first posted it. And I think TikTok thought it was some type of like drug or substance. And they said community guidelines violation. Mm -hmm. So I had to repost the video. But on TikTok, when you post a video in the caption, once you write the caption, you can't change the caption. It's permanent. Frustrating. And I put in the caption like his Venmo or his cash app, like how to like help change his life. And when I put it in the first time, I forgot to put in his Venmo 
the underscore. And I noticed that when I reposted that I forgot to do that. So if it wasn't for the community guideline violation, uh, I want to put in the underscore. And I never had a community guideline violation because sure. of the air. We raised 110,000 US for him oh my God. And, got, and got him an apartment. He's got a job at the marina and he's able to see his kids that are from Illinois. But the idea that like, I was so upset. I'm like, a violation? I've never got a violation. Yeah. But because of that violation, we got the right Venmo, which allowed it. It's, just, it's crazy. Yeah. But I think <laughs> the more you're in tune with these things, the more you see them. That yeah. they're everywhere, right? Yeah. I think that, yeah, the more you pay attention, the more open you are to them, the yeah. more that they happen. And Absolutely. I, a lot of people don't realize that they might be blocking this kind of stuff out or that they're carrying something that's preventing this. But I, again, it, obviously, you're, there's a lot of fortune. There's a lot of um, lot to be grateful and a lot that led you to this point. So, 100%. Again, alignment is something that I'm newly trying to understand. And it, it does seem that all these little aspects of life, they just make sense. Actually, the, the day that you messaged Mix, it, mm. there had been just like good things after good thing after good thing happening for Dang. me and then you messaged and it was like this just seems right like it just made I could have guessed that something like this would mm -hmm. have happened but I didn't expect it you just is what it is and it, it's life man and if you're open to it it'll come to you and 100%. this is also like serendipitous again and like bubbly and happy and positive and it doesn't always feel like this but that's why you know I hope that this episode and I hope that just the podcast in general that people listen and you know find some kind of inspiration, wisdom, whatever it is. So Absolutely. I very much appreciate you being here. What do you have going on? What do you want to plug? Anything? I don't want to plug in anything. I just want people to be kind and take one step outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And is isn't about the videos where I give a thousand bucks. It's the small act. Whatever that small act outside your comfort zone to help one another, it means more than you know. Mm -hmm. So be kind. That's it. That's it. Thank you for having me and thank you for your time too. Oh, I really appreciate you making I time out of your day. I appreciate this. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, this yeah. has been, this is perfect. I, hope I mean, it was good. thank you. Yes, you, listener, if you stuck around to the end. He is a freaking delight. Make sure you follow him if you somehow are not already. As per usual, I will see you in two weeks for episode 26. <laughs>